You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. It's five o'clock in the morning. You've just pissed on a dumpster. It's Miller time. Oh, he got hit! Look at the finish The return to glory. We will not be intimidated. We will not back down. Let's go March Madness. It's like we've never talked about it before, but yet it is here. This is one of those penultimate sporting events that whether or not you like the basketball, and we we like the college basketball, whether or not you like it, it is time to tune in. It's it's almost at like, you know, April at Augusta. It doesn't matter whether you like golf or not. You need to tune in for this because it's going to be shenanigans, and we are here for it. Welcome to Drink and Think, folks. We're excited that you're here with us. It's Dak and Dave. Your typical just let's hang out. Let's crack a few beers. Let's talk some sports. Let's talk a little bit of life and have some laughs. But uh, before we get into any of the sports, let's talk about some beers and what's going on with you, Dak. Uh, I, I like that you brought that kind of, hey, everybody, even if you're not a sportsy person, likes um March Madness. I want to ask you that question later, but so we'll save it. Um, but yeah, let's talk some beer. I've got Miller Lite in left hand, and I've got this other thing in my right. Now, I'm a sucker for a deal, and I'm a damn sucker for some cheap beer. And so, you know, I'm that guy that'll buy them. I think we talked about another beer that I had that's like going out of out of date in a month. Don't care. Um, so I found this Founders Four Pack. And it's a, a green zebra. And so they're all green zebras and they're all Goza style ales. But each one's a different flavor. Uh, yeah, so this is the mango of them. So uh, I tried one or the other one. I don't remember what they were, like watermelon, pineapple, fruity shit here and there, whatever. This is mango. Yep, just as I suspected. Um, Founders puts out some good stuff, but I feel like all too often, oh my gosh, my freaking heartburn. I just felt like the acid tried to climb out of my throat there. That's pretty rough. Uh, I, all too often, I feel like these big breweries try to kick out this random, I don't know, whatever the beer is, but they don't feel like it's not made towards beer drinkers. It's made towards... Let me put out some mass quantity shit to people that aren't craft beer drinkers. And that's really what this is. Goes as one of my favorite style beers on the planet. But this tastes like some kind of fruity shit first and then like a tiny touch of beer after. The other two that I've had, the watermelon and whatever the other one was, were the same. If you're trying to get where you're going quick and you're trying to put something down that doesn't taste like beer, hey, these are probably up your alley. But as a, a beer guy, this is not a beer beer. So is this kind of like a, um, this is like a seltzer more? It tastes more like a seltzer, I guess, than it does no. a normal beer? 
it has like the mouthfeel of a beer. It's not like super crazy carbonated. Like, you know that there's beer in there, but then it, it just, I feel like it's choked out by this over sweet mango thing. Like they tossed in like peach rings, you know, or whatever beer you tried not too long ago. That was kind of like that. Yeah. This is, this is like a fruity beer that has like a little bit of salt or something to try to like disguise it as a, a goes a little tartness in there. But really this is just like overabundance of fruity sweetness. So not my jam, uh, probably somebody's jam that's trying to slam some, some quote unquote beers as fast as they can. But uh, I'll pitch over that- to you. Hopefully. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, do you think that breweries like this, they throw out these kind of beers as almost like an intro beer for people that don't like beer? It's like, yes. oh, let me try something. So they're like, oh, you know, people like seltzer. So I'm just going to, like you said, I'm going to throw some fucking peach rings in this thing and let's see what happens. Right. So I think here, here's my, my humble opinion. I think that microbreweries and maybe in regional breweries, right? Those, those are like, those guys know beer because they, their audience is dudes that slam beer, right? So like you go to your local watering hole, I see you wearing your Casey beer hat now. Like, obviously that's a German style brewery for the most part, but you know, very small cap, pretty much one city. Uh, The hat that I'm wearing, these dudes like don't get out of like a tri-county area and, you know, especially out of the state of Arkansas. So like their people are loyal and they make beer that tastes like beer. I completely think that these are trying to mass quantity, you know, founders does make some good beer, but I think in this instance, you're completely correct. They're trying to kick some shit out there. Me, I'm going to go, Hmm, not my thing. It's going to sit in my fridge. I hand it to a buddy that's not into beer as much or my, you know, my wife who likes seltzers primarily or whatever. JK, my wife likes beer more than the seltzers, but uh, yeah, I, I think you're spot on here. Yeah, it's one of those kind of mass quantity. Let's just feed it to the the cattle of the uh, the population and see what happens. I guess. Uh, so I will their, go. Their um, name is established at this point. Yeah. Right. Right. What's the worst that could happen? I will go to the opposite side. So uh, I'm not drinking a beer that I'm going to review tonight right now because I just had it before I got on. So went out to Kansas City, uh, went to Casey Beer Co., which is a brewery that we have talked about a couple times on the podcast. Phenomenal spot, little kind of it's not it's not little, but it's not like there's a lot of bigger breweries like like Boulevard and stuff like that in Kansas City. This is not one of those, um, you know, lo- kind of a local spot um, and just phenomenal beer. And I had their pure pills. So it's just, just straight up Pilsner beer. And the reason why I tried it tap wise was because this is, I guess, for me, like this is like when I go to a Mexican joint and you try their chips and salsa. Like that's going to tell you if they are yes. legit or not. This is so. This is for me the tester of, and I know that Casey Beer Co. makes good stuff, but visiting there, the their, you know, pure pills beer, and it was absolutely what you would expect it to be—just a straight up 
Pilsner beer, nothing added, but, you know, four ingredients. And it was super clear. It was very clean. And uh, it was probably one of the best Pilsners I have ever had. And that includes uh, having some pills in Germany itself. Uh, obviously, I am not the uh, the holy grail beer connoisseur that Dak is. And he could probably break down how that argument doesn't pan out. But I thought it was phenomenal. Great joint, great spot, rocking the swag and uh, love them. That was your first time there? So I've tried to go there a couple times and Oh, I was okay, I was mistaken. I went yeah, out I've we tried, were talking earlier about it and I was like, Oh yeah, like you're now a local, but that makes sense. You've drank a bunch of their beer and have tried to go, but that's your first time there. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Just because like we're they're ours and they're, you know. I've tried to go a couple times and they've been closed for big events. It's not a super large brewery. And so like you could go in there and literally rent the place out pretty much. So, uh, yeah. Right. So we're taking drink, uh, drink and think on the road. We'll see you at Casey beer yeah. Co next weekend. Okay. All right. Beer reviewed. Uh, I think we may hit another one tonight cause we're feeling, feeling yeah, in a mood to talk one. about some beers. So, um, but this episode is going to be basketball centric. We've kind of, we haven't given college basketball its due diligence, but before let's do some housekeeping notes. I know you wanted to talk about a couple of uh, moves in the NFL. So let's knock the NFL out. And then we're going to spend the rest of the episode on college basketball and beer. Two of my favorite things. Yeah. Um, so two big, and obviously there's a lot of news that's happening in the NFL, but Two big things that just pop out to me. Number one, and this is something we talked about last week, Lamar Jackson. So he's now been shopped around, right? Uh, The Ravens said, all right, you can go out and you can get an offer from any team. Uh, We have the right to match it or that team gives us two first round draft picks. Crickets across the league. And I've heard a lot of, People on the internet and some pretty big celebrities, uh, you know, RG3 has been out there saying this is collusion. This is NFL owners that are, you know, meeting together and trying to prevent Lamar Jackson from getting paid. And then they point to, oh, look at this stuff. You know, we've seen obviously their car getting paid. We've seen freaking, you know, Danny Dimes, you know, getting 40 million a year. Um, so, you know, what's up here. So my question to you is, do you think this is collusion or this is legitimately just good business by competitors in the league saying, I'm not going to give the Ravens a chance to match it. If he's unhappy there, I'll just wait till he's a free agent and then buy him without having to pay the steep price. I think that's the only option here that makes sense that doesn't look like something sketchy. But at the end of the day, we see teams go after first round, like number one overall quarterbacks that have no no resume in the NFL. But they still throw contracts at them. And then, you know, like the money to them is generally not the problem. And so you've seen teams sign way shittier quarterbacks for way more money 
So, you know, put your tinfoil hat on here. I don't really have a dog in this fight, but there are a lot of things that point to like, I just, this just does not add up. Like, you're telling me that some of these ass franchises don't want Lamar. It doesn't make yeah. sense. You have the money. You have the ass record. Now go get the guy that can make you better. So, you know, like I said, we're not in that locker room. We didn't grow up with the millions of dollars and going to games and all that stuff. So I don't know how the organization works like that. But from what I understand, like it's very tight knit. That is a, there are only, you know, 31 of those dudes on the planet and they're usually in sync. And so I I wouldn't be beyond me to think that there's some crazy shit going on there. Yeah. I'm on the, yeah, exactly. Right. And then we go off the air. Um, it would be awesome, honestly, if the NFL started censoring our stuff. That would like drive our ratings up s- so much. Uh, be that as it may, maybe we should bring Dan Snyder on or something, and he can just air his dirty laundry on Dak and Dave. Uh, my uh, so I I asked this question to some people, and their answers were kind of shocking to me. I had three of four people that I talked to who are pretty avid. Uh, pretty avid NFL like followers and avid fans of not the Ravens saying that Lamar Jackson is overrated. He's just a running quarterback, which to me is like, are we still having that conversation? Like, and I I pointed it to him. I was like, dude, 2020 season or 2019, 2020, this dude throws 31 touchdowns, six interceptions and runs for another eight touchdowns, 1200 yards. Like this dude is the real freaking deal. Do you think that there's still that that thought around the league that this guy, he's just a running quarterback? Because I thought he'd already proved people wrong and that he's a lot more than that, but I, I could be wrong. Well, I won't speak about the people that you, that you talk to, but maybe this is like first impression, lasting impression, right? So they remember the Lamar Jackson of Louisville in early NFL where he could only run. I completely agree. And even if you thought that, watching him last season, granted, lots of injuries, but the last two seasons, I agree. I think he put that to bed. He learned to – he still has wheels, but he learned instead of immediately running the football, he goes through progressions. He checks down when applicable. He is now a multifaceted quarterback, and he's damn good. So – yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that I, I just I was shocked because I really again I didn't think that this was a thing anymore. But maybe that's out there and there's you know, obviously there is some concerns potentially for injury because you know he has had some injury issues over the last two seasons, but man, they, like you said earlier, there is a lot of shittier quarterbacks right now that are going for some dollar dollar bills. There's you can't go wrong with this guy. All right, moving on really quick before we actually, you know, say that we're going to talk about basketball and then talk about it. Um are the Raiders imploding? They lost a quarterback. They got a new one. They basically traded the same dude almost, but he's way more handsome. Now you got Jimmy G. Yeah. I can totally see yeah. it. If you're like you're like you're the Raiders franchise and you're like, guys, we just fucking suck. 
So if we have to suck, we might as might as well at least be able to look at Jimmy Garoppolo every week in the locker room. I don't know. Is that the thought process? Because trading Carr for Jimmy G for that pretty damn good price just doesn't add up. And then, oh, by the way, Darren Waller's to the Giants. Yeah, Oakland goes on the list of – or Oakland. Las Vegas, who happens every <laughs> I gotcha. time. Las Vegas goes on the list of franchises that both their fan bases and their owners have made questionable decisions in their life that may or may not be of public record. So I think that this is one I totally agree with you. Like, and Jimmy G is again not a bad quarterback. No, he's just he's not going to get you across. Not the a great line. quarterback. Yep. Exactly. So with with the names like. With the names like Lamar Jackson, with the names like Aaron Rodgers, with the names, you know, like those that are still hanging around, you're going to get Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I guess we can sell some calendars now. I mean, that's the thought is, you know, we can start doing some showgirl stuff around Vegas. Valerie uh, caps going up. <laughs> that's right. I, I don't I don't see it. Um, and this would be a. a a bad sign. And, and to be fair, Cowboys are in that boat too. Did absolutely jack and shit so far in the off season. So yeah, you're right. Uh, they, they pulled, uh, they have tried to pull someone and I forget it's a, it's a cornerback, but older, like in the, in the tail end of his career. But, you know, really you think we're set after what we've done? Like we didn't go to the NFC championship game chief. Like, so, yeah, no, I'm with you. So last thing on the NFL, we got we talked a couple weeks ago that could we see Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets? And I think both of us agreed that that was pretty unlikely. There's potential that that has gotten a little bit more interesting, although still, I think, unlikely. So Adam Lazard has left the Green Bay and now is with the Jets. So this is another left the Green Bay. What, this is another wide receiver that probably one of the few ones that Aaron Rodgers has some decent rapport with that has gone. He has begged, pleaded for Green Bay to give him a wide receiver. Fucking nothing. Now another one has left. At this point, this is just another middle finger from Green Bay. Can you see this a different way? Like, is there another way that I'm missing? That Aaron Rodgers in his dark cave with the monks like chanting to him, he sees it a different way. No, so yeah, I I think this is the point. You know, we thought he was going last season, off season didn't happen. We're like, oh, that's weird. Why would you stay there? Like, I think this is finally like, all right, guys, I'm outy. I've given you enough chances. But I, I don't know. He might have smoked the wrong shit in his little retreat here because I don't know that I'm going to the Jets. But uh, and then the, to to that point, he's like, "Hey, give me wide receivers." They trade Lazard to the Jets, and he's like, "You know what? He's going to be better at the Jets. I'm going there." So I don't know. I don't know if that's going to change anything for him a ton. Um, I mean, the Jets have some decent offensive weapons, but they're the Jets, so period dot next subject. So does he, is he spry enough to be able to change that franchise and make them winning uh, again? I don't know. They've got some good momentum there. They've got a good coach. 
they've got a lot of things going, but whatever the opposite of recency bias is, legacy bias, it's the fucking Jets. <laughs> so, exactly. I don't know. Uh, I hope he proves me wrong. That would be that would be a, a great finale to a great career to go, you know what? Middle fingers up. I'm out of Green Bay and I'm going to go win with the Jets. So that would be that would be a great legacy point for him. So we'll see. The dude, the I dude guess, is uh, an anomaly. So we'll we'll find I guess out. When the we find only out. the only benefit for him would be like, what's the minimum amount of games you have to win to be successful with the Jets? Like in playoff contention, like maybe get into the playoff in a wild card spot. If he went to like, the playoffs, it would be like, yeah, I made it. I yeah. am Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. They weren't they weren't uh, far off last year. Yeah. All right, we have teased you enough for all of our fans that have just been begging for us, begging for some good, solid analysis of March Madness in college basketball. You're not going to get it here, but I'll pitch it over to <laughs> Dak, and let's get your thoughts as we go into the rankings and coming up very soon for our first games in the tourney. Yeah. Before we get into the bracket, and then I, I want to get your opinion on like who did well, and then you know who got shat on numbers wise. Um, I want to ask you this, and I have strong opinions about it. But Duke wins the ACC championship title, obviously now getting a five seed. So this is John Shire's first year. Coach K retired last year. John Shire's first year as a head coach. Is this? leftover coach K or is this John Shire showing some promise for Duke and and I'll re- I'll retaliate after you give your uh, answer here um yeah I think I will say that this is more John Shire than it is coach K because I think you would expect after such a storied career that there would be a let off season, right? There would be a season where you take a step back. Um, obviously, it didn't go out on us on the absolute high of winning the tournament in Coach K's final season, but they still have a solid team. So I think here it's kind of a, you would expect, hey, with the change of leadership, that Duke maybe takes a step back, takes a step back in recruiting, all that kind of stuff. So props to to, to Shire who. Duke has had a very shaky season so far. They've they've yep. struggled. They've been not ranked for a while. Um, come through, and I think they're in a great spot, honestly, and I'm, we're going to get into this later. They're in a great spot as kind of the underwhelming uh, people kind of looking past them uh, potential to upset people in the East. So uh, I think this is a huge props to John Shire to turn it around and then have momentum going into the tournament and that's really what it's about yeah okay i thought you were going to take the opposite point there but i completely agree yeah to your point duke did not look well a lot of the season unranked not like duke um to your other point coach k was almost uh, at the end like a, a complete one and done guy so i could see how guys go well okay well i'm not going to duke because they have a new coach but they've got the recruits they sucked they got them together and then they won the tournament title. Uh, and then to his credit, man, I like I love John Shire. I, I watched him 
win a national championship game with Duke. He's won one as a, an assistant coach, and he got to grow up watching, you know, in my opinion, the greatest college basketball coach of all time. There's so many things that he does, like Shashevsky, dude, like just his mannerisms. And then I love, like, at the end of the game, after they won, he was, you know, it wasn't like slap hands, move on, let's go cheer. Like he would, he was grabbing dudes, embracing dudes from the other team and saying, like, hey, you did good here. And like, really giving them feedback. And I appreciate that. That's like how you grow the game and that camaraderie and morale and whatnot. So props to my blue devils. Uh, I'd like to see them go deep. Um, I wish they would have got the four seed. I thought they were going to get a four seed. I would have been happier there. I've seen too many five twelve upsets and I've seen too many Duke should have won games where they lost like a, a two fifteen or some shit. So a little shaky there, but okay. Uh, then let's, let's dive on in. Give me your, give me your just out of the gate. March Madness is here. Let's rock and roll. Yeah. So starting out, is it? It's not fair for Alabama <laughs> to also be good at basketball. I mean, can we all just agree that it is not fair that Alabama is and one seed for the first time ever in their history? But this is just some bullshit. Like, give us a chance. They've also got a good baseball team this year, dude. Yeah. They're running the gamut. Maybe it's NIL, I guess, coming through in the clutch. I'm not sure what it is, but damn it, if that's not uh, annoying to see Alabama once again sitting atop. And we'll see how far they go, obviously. Um, things are far from done. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, and they're, they're, you know, they're in Birmingham, so kind of a home game start for them as well. I agree. I'm very interested to see because March Madness, there's not a ton like March Madness, you know? And so this happens every year. And so I, I, I'm almost to go Alabama's a one seed, but they have, they don't have the resume. They don't have the long tenure of going back to back to back, going deep into a tournament and knowing how to play there, knowing how to coach there, you know, like Calipari can't stand the freaking dude. UK knows how to play in March Madness. And so, like, I can almost see those guys, like, showing up when it's time to show up at Alabama going, what the fuck's going on right now? Yeah, that's a great point. And it brings up something I was kind of alluding to earlier in, with the East is that you've got kind of this reverse of what you would normally have. So you have the top four of Purdue, Marquette, K-State, and Tennessee. And then five through seven is Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, or Michigan State. And so, in your opinion, do you think that pedigree matters in the tournament? Or does it just like, hey, this is the players you have on the court. This is what you're able to do with it and just go out there. It doesn't really matter whether you're from a quote-unquote basketball school. No, I mean, that's a double-edged sword because you're going to have teams that have never been there that show up. Uh, High seeds and low seeds, right? Like, kids have talent. Kids are going to score. Kids are going to win. So you're going to have that. But then you have a a different scenario where you have a coach that hasn't been there as often as a Calipari or a Tom Izzo. I've taken Tom Izzo 10 times out of 10 with a lesser team just because of how good of a coach he is and how he knows how to deal with those situations. So, I mean, it's it's both for sure. But I'm, I'm tending to lead on the guy who's been there, done that. Yeah, and I think here 
this is where little mistakes get amplified. Um, you know, the the decision or the coaching players to be disciplined to not take the foul uh, so that you're able to go down the stretch and not get into foul trouble, you know, to those types of things, the decisions on when to call your timeout and other things get amplified, obviously, in this kind of environment. And so to me, I think you have to give your nod to the folks that have been there and the players that have been there versus some that are younger that may get caught up in the moment. And that's why one of the things that that I, was a big red flashing light, and I've seen some other some other people look at this, is the Indiana-Kent State matchup. So you got Kent State, obviously they're a 13 seed. They haven't had the season they wanted, but they have been tough against some great teams, Houston, the Zags, and then Crichton. They lost, you know, in the dying seconds to each of those teams, and they've got all veteran talent, whereas you got Indiana that's all young, like, you know, straight out of high school. So in that matchup, who do you lean toward? It is the youth of the passion of let's go out and get it, or is it the veterans that know, hey, how energy management, how do I maintain my fitness so that I'm able to to perform down the stretch and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's the matchup we want to see, and it's the matchup that definitely spells upset. I mean, like you said, Houston, Gonzaga, and Creighton, all three pedigree basketball schools that have good programs this year as well. And those dudes hung in there with their with them. You put the highlight of the basketball of it, of March Madness, and anything is possible. I totally could see a, a 13-4 upset here. I, in fact, I yeah. do believe I picked them in my bracket to, to upset there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I do want to ask you this. Is there any potential team out there that maybe you thought was going to be a higher seed than they are? Someone close to home. Yeah, this one is uh, – I mean, everyone – this was like the top – one of the top things, and obviously – Texas A&M basketball is not typically, I mean, we weren't even in the championship in the March Madness last year. We were in the NIT. So, uh, and we didn't even win that. We went to the, went to the semifinal or lost the finals. So, you know, going down and then falling in the SEC championship game and we've beaten Alabama one seed, uh, get punished a little bit for non-conference schedule here. But here is why I think that it got scheduled the way it is. One, the committee has hated Texas A&M the entire year, like refused to rank them for forever, finally did, but never really gave them a whole bunch of credit. Uh, And that is because if Texas A&M and Texas get out of the first round, they will face off. I know it. Yes, they will. And that to me as a fan is – it, it sounds really cool, right? So like Texas A&M baseball knocked off Texas last year in Omaha, uh, which was awesome. But Texas has a really good basketball program, and I really don't want to lose to Texas. So I would be okay if Colgate came through here. And they have a, they have a chance. They have, they have a shooter's chance to beat Texas uh, in the first round. So I would say both of you guys 
aren't just walking the dog here. You're going to play Penn sure. State, who's no joke. And then how many how many two fifteens have we seen upset? Colgate shoots the freaking ball lights out, and they're a good program. So uh, I I agree. I would love to see that that seven two matchup between A and M and Texas and just all the debauchery. But you got to win game one first. Yeah. And you're right. That is definitely neither of those are a slam dunk or a layup, as it were. Um, well, let's let's throw the the ball into your court as we continue with the basketball euphemisms. Uh, Arkansas against Illinois. Both teams have struggled down the stretch, and we know how much peaking in the right time propels you into the tournament. So concerns here. Uh, with the recent uh, performances going through, like what's your thoughts with a tough matchup against Illinois? Yeah. I mean, uh, like buttholes watertight here. Uh, They have not played great. They have all the talent in the world, but the games they've won have mostly been tight games. They've lost have been, you know, again, tight, but can you get it done against the big team when it matters? And we haven't. Uh, Like you said, we're not peaking right now. We do have most of our talent on the floor. Got our best player back. Who The guys are playing well. It's not a talent thing. It's a getting it done when we need to get it done kind of thing. And so going up, honestly surprised to get an eight seed. Um, But playing Illinois is no joke either. And so I think this will be like a no shit battle. Uh, I think Arkansas's coaching will take over here. Back-to-back Elite Eights. Been there, done that. Get some veteran talent up there. Um, We've got some big boys that can shoot the ball if they're actually making it. And like I said, you know, put your playmakers in a spot to get it done, which, like I said, we haven't. So, uh, yeah, kind of scurred here. Right off the bat against number nine, Illinois. Yeah, and then obviously your next matchup, if you win that, is most likely against Kansas. Kansas, so, right? Yeah, so right. So it's a tough, it's a tough road ahead for both of our teams potentially, uh, and we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see, we will see what happens. So uh, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens, and uh, let's see if we can say that one more time. We will see what happens. Uh, any thoughts, like, you, you said you filled out the bracket, your bracket. Who, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, tip your hand. You don't have to give out your dark horse necessarily because I think we'll be competing in, in at least one, at least one bracket. Uh, some teams that you're really high on or uh, you want to say who you have winning it all? Um. So... Currently, and I'll fill out a few more. Currently, I have I, I filled out two rapid brackets. One has Duke winning it all because you have to, and then the other one I have UCLA winning it all. Uh, two seed, good good ball club, and they've got a dude that's just a stud that is that shoots lights out. I'll say that, but I think a team that has a chance to go really deep here is Arizona, also a two seed. Their biggest matchup will be number three, Baylor. Hopefully, Baylor would knock out Creighton, who's also a good good club. And then, like we've already talked about, can Alabama 
show up when it matters most. And so I think, you know, as a one seed, if I'm wanting to play a one seed, I'd rather play an Alabama over, you know, a Houston or certainly a Kansas. Um, so I, I think watch that that two seed in Arizona or maybe even that three seed in, in Baylor. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you you made a point and I wanted to ask you about it. Are you not a homer if you don't pick your team to win at all? Because I'm not filling out a bracket where A&M somehow wins the national championship. Does that make me not a homer or does that just make me realistic? Uh, no, I think you're a loser. Like you have to have one trash bracket that has your guys going. I have one that, uh, I certainly will fill out that has Arkansas winning it all just so I can go, yes, I'm an Arkansas fan, but no, the realism of it is, is no, a seven seed and eight seed is not going to win it. It's happened, but it's not going to happen this year. And so, yeah, I, maybe a stretch with Duke at five, but they're peaking at the right time. So, uh, no, you should you should go back and and analyze Dave's life and go, am I a true Aggie? And if so, then you fill out a bracket with them, or miraculously beating a one seed or something in the championship game. Yeah, I mean, don't put could, money on it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, as I'm going through, like I've I've in the deliberations within my mind, it has been if they make it past Texas, they have a good shot of making it to the elite eight but you know a lot of just, ifs in there bud just exactly exactly there's a there's some quote about it the world was made out of ifs or something like that but i can't think of it right now so i won't sit here and try um <laughs> so i guess i need to go back and fill us something out where miraculously texas a&m wins or throw you know throw 50 cents on them at plus 8,000 to win the championship. Okay. Well, I think we hit most of our uh, points here, just like rapid fire here. We'll get into obviously uh, analysis that tip top freaking analysis that we provide uh, as it continues on, but who's Dave's pick to win it all. This one, I like you. I've got a couple different brackets out there. Um, I do like Purdue to get there. I think they've got um, – I know they're one seed, and that's kind of a chalk pick, but I do like Purdue. I also have Alabama exiting early. I have not bought into them. I know they've got a lot of great shooters, but I, mm, I just you, – I'm not buying it. You guys beat them, correct? Yes. And Arkansas lost by three, and we should have beat them. So, yeah. I mean, they're not like the all-around just crushing mother truckers game after game. So I, I agree with you here. I also like be going in with that. I like Arizona uh, to go deep as well because in that in that scenario, they could have a relatively easy path, especially if Alabama gets knocked off early. All right, dude, we're going to keep it short this week. Uh, like we said, that's just kind of our uh, wrap-up of what we think, you know, highlights of teams going in, a couple of potential upsets, and then uh, I implore you to go fill out 65 brackets because it's that time of year. So we'll get we'll dive in a little more next week, but uh, I think we're good for now. 
I'm going to go drink some more beer and call it a night. But before I'm going to pitch it over to you for wrapping it up with our safety brief, sir. So this is a, uh, this is a important safety announcement for drink. I think nation, the world is overpopulated. And if you want to get a vasectomy now is the perfect time to do it. And the reason is, is that especially if you're in the military, you will go on what's called convalescent leave. You will go on kind leave for getting a vasectomy. And not only will you help the world by not continuing to have more kids, but you will help yourself because you can sit on the couch with ice on your nuts when and watch March Madness all day long while you're on convalescent leave. That's right. We don't want to be pejorative to those that may or not, may or may not be rocking less than the duo. So here you go. Thank Here's you. your chance. That's a, Make that's that a, appointment. Maybe the yeah, maybe the wisest words you've ever spoken of all the times. Because it's not like, hey, you got one golf tournament or you got like one, you know, one Sunday NFL. Like you've got a whole gamut of games to watch. You get a week or two off. Oh, man, I hope they botch that surgery. Let's go. Get me into April. Let me watch the championship. Well said, sir. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you've got a lot of stuff to watch during the week at all t- at all hours of the day. So throw some – get the snip. Throw some ice on your nuts. Grab a brewski. Listen to Drink It Think. Lock your picks in. And let's let's have some fun with March Madness. Hell yeah. All right. All we'll right, see dude. you next week. I'll see you next week. Whoa.